The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to an all-new episode of Comedy Gold Mines, where we do what? Where we do what? I shouldn't have to tell you because you should know by now. And I don't think there's another podcast like it. We get inside the minds of brilliant comedians and, oh, my God, what amazing minds they are. Today's mind will be no different. Today's mind is a long-lasting mind, a consistent mind, a forever, forever bringing the laugh mind. A story that not many know, but most should, and most will after this damn discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, the man, the myth, the legend, Conan O'Brien. Kevin, how you doing? I'm good, man. What'd you think about my introduction? I thought it was good. I didn't think it was going to be me. I swear to God, I was waiting. Who is this going to be? Who else do you have? I didn't think it was going to be me. What do you mean? Why do you think that it wouldn't be you, Conan? What are you talking about? I don't know. That's pretty sweet stuff you were saying. Yeah, well, I mean, it has to be you, Conan. I mean, I'm... I'm talking to you, so. Okay, that's true. That's true. You are talking to me, uh, so I should have figured out it was me because I knew I was coming on this podcast. So I think I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I've just been, I'm pretty high right now. High on life or high on drugs? Which one did you choose? It's a glue. It's the modeling glue <laughs> that if you sniff it really hard, and it's so much cheaper than drugs, and I don't think it's illegal. You can buy it at any modeling store, so. You can get it. You can get it anywhere. Yeah, that's you can get it stuff. anywhere. You can get it anywhere. You know what I wish I had that you have? You have a painting behind you of Martin Lawrence. I, I do. You know what? I have a lot. I have a lot of great things. I own a lot of great things. I'm a very blessed man. I don't have a painting of Martin Lawrence. Well, Conan, I am a student of the craft of comedy. So I have Martin Lawrence. I have Dave Chappelle. I have Bernie Mac. I got Chris Rock. I got Red Fox. Uh, I believe I have Seinfeld. I have Eddie Murphy. Right. Pryor. Who are we... Who are we missing? Do you need a Conan O'Brien painting? Do you need a Conan O'Brien painting? Yeah, Conan, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. No, no, <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, 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 no. You said the giants of comedy, uh, you know, and I've respected everyone that you listed. No, okay? no. Conan. But I didn't hear, you know, you've got no Irish representation. Well, Conan, I don't, none, I don't need none. It. No Irish representation. I don't, none. I don't need it, Conan. I don't I don't need you or your representation. And to be honest with you, Conan, I think your voice is much better. The voice of Conan O'Brien is much better than the actual visual. That's what I know. Okay. You're you you're not happy with the face. No, Conan no, it's not. You your face is fine, Conan. It's the body for me. It's the body. Okay. <laughs> it's the I'm, it's the layout. There's nothing. 
I can do about it. I have a disproportional body. You know, my, my legs are very long and my torso is very, very short. Yes, yes. And my, my waist as a result is quite high. So, uh, you know, when I go to a urinal, I unbutton my jacket up towards the top. <laughs> I have, uh, everything's not where it should be. You have a proportional body. I admire your body. I've spent time with you. We've done some comedy together. I'm always checking you out. You take good care of yourself. You know, Conan, you bring up a, a, a very good point that I'll use as a segue. We have spent a tremendous amount of time together, man. And, you know, look, funny is something that that is easy, right? That's the easy gear for you and I. Um, but I will say that you, you have blown me away from your understanding of how to get to the laugh, right? And it's not, you 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 can take so many different streets to get there. And, and before we go to what most may be familiar with you, you know, um, by or associate you with, which of course is the is the Conan O'Brien show, you know, I wanna I wanna go before that. I wanna I wanna start off be before those times. I want I wanna know how the road of comedy became the choice. Why and how did you get to that? Why did that become the career choice? Okay, I'm gonna say, and I, I'm, I'm gonna bet that you agree with me. If you're funny or you have that gear or that ability or power, you figure that out pretty young. Not many people figure out they're funny when they're like 45. You figure it out pretty young. For me, it was, what have I got in my tool chest that I can use in this life? And it was a process of elimination. I was not a great athlete. Uh, people often think, well, you must, they find out I went to a nice college. They think you must've been really smart. There was a lot of subjects I was not great in. Uh, in my family, I didn't know where I fit in. I was the middle child. I had a brother that was much stronger than me. I had a brother, another brother that was much smarter than me. And I just figured I don't, I don't even know that I have anything to offer. And then I realized I've got, I can make my friends laugh. So I just kept doubling down on that. And so it's not like I had a lot of distractions. If I had been an amazing, you know, football player, track star, that might've been a distraction, but I had no distractions because it was really, it was the one thing I thought I was genuinely, naturally good at. So I just- You were able to put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, and I didn't know for a while. I hedged my bets. Uh, I thought, you know, I come from uh, right outside Boston, Massachusetts. My dad is a scientist. My mom's wow. a lawyer. We didn't wow. know anybody in show business. We didn't know. We had never seen, I had never seen any celebrity it seemed like the furthest, most crazy thing. I mean, I might as well have said, I, you know, I, I'd like to be, uh, I'd like to be an astronaut. That's my goal. It would have, it seemed that strange. So I just kept it to myself. What about your brothers? Did they have a, you know, a career path that was more online with your parents' life and, and what they did? I think my brother, one of my brothers did, uh, you know, I, I, I think my brothers and sisters, they, they had other things they were good at. I was the only one that thought, and I, I look, I, for a while, I, when I, I went to college and I was determined to be, well, I guess I'll, I'll go to graduate school. I'll do something like that. I was trying to, 
hedge my bets. And then I started writing a lot of comedy and performing some of it in college. And I just thought, I have to do this. I have to try it. I just have to try it. So I think by the age of 18, I knew this is what I want to do. I just didn't quite know if I was going to be successful mm. at it. Now, well, how many brothers? How many brothers and sisters? Uh, I, there's six kids. So I am uh, one of four boys and there's two sisters. Wow, parents are fucking. No, actually, no. My dad's, a, I said my dad's a scientist. He created us in a lab. Nice. Yeah, nice. these are very uptight Irish Catholic people. Nobody had sex. Well, that explains the legs, the legs and the hair. Yeah, okay. So you're saying that, you're saying, Kevin, that I am a scientific experiment gone wrong. Is that what you're saying? I didn't say gone wrong, but I think it's clear. You saying that your dad is a scientist, now we can just get to the bottom of it. Okay, so, oh, oh so, oh, right. Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah. I mean, I was saying, I was trying to say, yeah, I have odd body proportions. And then you took it to, that explains what went wrong in the lab. Yeah, but in a good way. <laughs> right? No, that's <laughs> terrible. But in you a know, good way. I know that you wish you had hair like mine that puffed up and was sort of an orangey red. I know you wish you had that. Oh, and you're gonna you're putting it down because any psychologist would say he's putting that down because that's what he wishes he had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's the one oh one. Good good job. You got me there. Conan, I got you gonna, good. Yeah. No, Nailed not busted. Even fight it. Busted. Yes. You're busted. Stand up comedy. You're young. Holy shit, I'm gonna do it. Uh, are the parents supportive? Are they on your side with this? Yeah. Or when you say you kept it a secret, you kept it to yourself? No, no, no. The parents, uh, first time I called them uh, and I told them I'm going to try comedy, they said, okay. And they said it with like, okay, dot, 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 but they let it go. I found work as a writer pretty quickly out in Los Angeles and I was paying my own way, paying my own rent. The minute you can tell uh, a parent you don't need to worry about me financially. They don't, I could have said I'm a stripper. They wouldn't have cared, you know? I, 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 and think about that. Think about me for a second, Kevin. Really visualize me as a stripper, as a male stripper. No. Please, I want you to think about it. No. I could draw it. No. I could draw it for you. No, I've, I've learned, I'm doing this really cool thing where when people say things to me or ask mm -hmm. certain things, I'm giving direct answers. That's the new version of myself that you haven't seen no. yet, Conan. Like, you know, I could have said yes, or I could have said, oh man, okay. But I've learned to go, no. I've, no. I think I've known you for, I don't know, 12, 15 years. You've always been direct with me. Yeah. You are, you've always said, stop it. Uh, that's, that's stupid. Yeah. Does any of this sound familiar to you? That's yeah. a bad idea. You look dumb. Uh, why are you wearing that? Wow. Yeah. Now that you say it, it's not that new. Maybe I just, <laughs> now it's, it's not that new. It's something that, it's something that I've had for quite some time. You're very, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you learned yeah. it from me. I think I helped yeah. you get there. Yeah, I think you probably just helped me get to the point where I can make those decisions faster. Um, you're on the stand-up comedy circuit. How long before you got your got your feet up on you how long oh no i never did i never did stand up i never did stand up i did improv i did improv oh I, yeah i never did stand up i thought uh, you dabbled i thought you dabbled for a second oh i dabbled uh i dabbled later on i did a stand-up tour a couple of years ago but early on everything i did was i did some stuff i did stuff at the groundlings okay. uh, theater in uh los angeles and my day job 
was writing. I wrote for The Simpsons. I wrote for Saturday Night Live. I would. I was a writer. That's how I really got started. Wow. Okay. And then, uh, and then I would go do my stuff at night. Okay. Yeah. I like it. And how long when you when you were writing on SNL? What year was it? Like, how old were you when you got that job? Uh, let's see. I was about twenty four, I think, when I was working on SNL. Mm-hmm. And uh, great cast. That's. Dana Carvey, uh, you know, Mike Myers, Adam Sandler comes on. Chris Rock, I think I wrote the first sketch Chris Rock ever did on uh, Saturday Night Live. That's huge. And yeah, and uh, I remembered he was, uh, he was very green. He had not done sketch comedy before. He had done, obviously he was great stand-up, but he was, he was young. And so, Man, it was a great cast, though. It was a great time to be at Saturday Night Live. That's where I learned so much. They just throw you, Lorne Michaels, the guy that runs it, just throws you into the deep end of the pool and says, go. So your first day on that job, they tell you, uh, one of the greatest comedians or biggest stars in the world is in the next room. Go in there and pitch them an idea. Holy shit. And you just came in off the street. Like, I, I didn't think, you know, they, they let you drive the car immediately. It's, it's crazy, but you learn fast. Well, how did you land that? How did you end up getting a position to even get the job? I think I had a good reputation uh, as a writer. I was working with a guy named Greg Daniels, uh, who went on to create The Office and, uh, man, all these uh, great shows, uh, Parks and Recreation. And he, uh, he and I had a good packet, and we sent it in early, and I think we had to wait a year and a half. But finally, we got the call, and I think we were given a two-week tryout, but we had a funny sketch and read through the first week. And they said, okay, these guys seem funny. And then I was one of those writers uh, that could make people in the room laugh. I could make the other writers laugh and I would perform sketches and I would do bits and they would be laughing. And I think that helped me. Absolutely. If you become a favorite of a room, that's a that's an added bonus, right? Oh, yeah. Because you're, yeah. you're then the guy that they're rooting for from within. Yes. And that's what you want to be. Yeah. Right? You want you want people to look forward to, oh, my God, let's see what Conan's going to do. Yeah. Or I can't wait to see what he's going to pitch or what he's got to the table. Um, at, your, at your height of SNL writing, how many sketches do you think that you were getting on? Uh, I think I was pretty consistent. I, would, I, would, I think I had something in almost every week, which was good. Wow. Um, it was tough, though. Would you say? It's fucking bragging. Well, you know, wow. it's pretty good, man. <laughs> I gotta say, if you ask Michael Jordan, how are you at basketball? He's yeah. gonna say pretty good. And if yeah. you ask Michael Jordan, did you ever get a basket during the game? He's gonna say, yeah, I got a few in almost every game. I'm Michael Jordan, is what I'm saying. I Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I don't, I, I you don't, get uh, what I'm saying? I get it, Conan. I get it. I'm just saying it's like maybe we just tone it down a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe get a little humble. Maybe let's be a little humble. Okay. I'm, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm Michael Jordan. Okay. Now, now, right. I'm Michael Jordan okay. now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Probably, he's probably slow. It. He's probably kind of heavy. I'm Michael Jordan now. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what your I was. Class, uh-huh. What was your what was the height of your SNL class? Was that Rock Sandler? Yeah. Spade. Who else? Uh Rock Sandler, Spade, Mike Myers was doing he came on board. I remember, I remember the day he showed up, uh like straight from Canada. He had been doing Second City in Canada or something. He just 
came down and this kid walks in with a with a wearing a leather jacket with I think a Canadian flag on the back and introduced himself and then true story uh he pitched me the idea for Wayne's World and and wow. I said uh, I'm not kidding I'm not kidding I actually said um you know people have done like a takeoff on cable a cable show uh you know, and he <laughs> didn't listen to me and they read it, read through, and it became a film franchise. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked, to, I've talked to, to Mike about this. He forgives me. But I swear to God, if I, it's a good thing I, not too many people shared their ideas because I would have shot down some great stuff, you know? Yeah, but you got an eye. You have an eye for I it. I would have told Chris Rock, you know what? Have you thought about the law? You'd be a great <laughs> lawyer. I don't really see you... I don't really see you as a stand-up, you know? That's not really you, Chris Rock. I see you as doing real estate law, you know? Yeah, estate law, yeah, yeah, exactly. And working out like, you know, are, is it, are we allowed to build on this land? Do we really yeah, have yeah. all the permits? You look like the guy that's responsible for permits, Chris. <laughs> that's what I would say. That's what you are, permits. <laughs> I gave so uh, I many people, yeah, I just gave, I said, uh, I told Sandler, I thought he'd do very well as a tailor. There you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think was the talent that, that honestly, and this is, you know, this is no shade to anyone because it's such a talented and amazing environment right. that you were part of, but who, who was the talent that blew you away? Like where you absolutely knew, oh my God. We're looking at one of the next biggest stars in, in the world. I mean, because there's so many. You got, you got so many that's a right, part right. of that class. Who did you know for sure was going to pop? You know, I have to say when I, I mean, because so many of them went on to huge things. And Chris is a really good example of, he, he was, I could tell, he, wickedly smart, really funny. But I remember at the time, and I think it's true, he was doing sketch comedy and I was kind of thinking, he's fine in sketches and he's done some really good sketches, but he's got another gear that he doesn't get to do on this show. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, um, he he blows up when he, he really blows up when he gets away from SNL and starts doing his stand-up. And so- The specials. Yeah, his specials. And that's when he becomes this comedy icon uh, and so I think some people think that Saturday, Saturday Night Live is the answer, but it doesn't fit them precisely. Like, I don't, I think I had to go off and find my weird thing, and that's where I could flourish. Uh, I kind of think of all the people I saw go through, Sandler might have been the one where he has this, as you know, he's got this very intense, uh, energy that, and you know, mm -hmm. he's very silly, but he's also got a charisma, like a leading man charisma. And Absolutely. He, and, and he kind of had that at the show, which a lot of sketch performers don't have. And he just, uh, you could tell, I mean, he, he can, he can play music. Uh, he's always in, he's always the kind of central figure in the room. Uh, I thought he really had something special. Uh, Chris Farley obviously, Absolutely. Uh, was someone who I saw as being like a force of nature. You know, we, we, you and I know a lot of funny people and clever people. And then you meet these people that they would show up on a, on a weather map 
like they're just they radiate a kind of energy mm-hmm. that you can't fake and uh and it goes beyond being clever the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Did that energy, did that environment motivate you to go, well, wait a minute, you know, I think that there's a world for me in front of the camera. I'm starting to flourish and not just writing the jokes, but when I'm pitching the jokes, like how, like the transition to you becoming the guy in command, becoming mm-hmm. the guy in control of a machine, it doesn't just happen. I feel like it's kind of, it has to be thought out, right? Yep, like yep. you're, and, and in knowing you, you are a well thought out guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not, it's not thrown on a wall to see what sticks. It's it's a plan. Yeah. So how did you start to conform and put together the idea for you to now be a presence in front and not behind? Well, I'll tell you, I have one of the most unusual show business stories uh, of all time. It's completely unusual. And a lot of younger people don't know about it. It was a big deal way back in 1993. But um, I leave Saturday Night Live. I start working uh, on The Simpsons, but the whole time I'm very frustrated. I thought you were going to say FedEx. I had heard a rumor that you worked for FedEx. That was in between. Yeah. It was Saturday Night Live, FedEx. FedEx. Yeah. Got it. it. And I loved FedEx. They, I was going to stay, but they, they asked me to leave. Yeah. (laughs) They said, this isn't, you look bad in the outfit. Uh, yeah, they it was a lot it. of leg. It was a lot of. Leg. I wore very. Sh- you've seen uh, the shorts that basketball players wore in the eighties. Yeah, I wore shorts <laughs> like that. Very short, <laughs> very short shorts, and it was a lot of white leg and freckle. Uh, yeah. And um, they got upset. Yeah, and I wore yeah. and I wore sandals with that. Rightfully so, though. Yeah. Rightfully oh yeah. No, so I, I don't. I don't blame them. But they said, "Please go." And so uh, I got to the Simpsons, and I worked there for a while, and. Um, as I said, I was doing uh, improv, but what was fascinating was this very complicated story, but suddenly there was an opening. David Letterman announced he was going to leave NBC and he was going to go to CBS and NBC was stuck without a late night host. And uh, this is an insane story. Today, if that happened, there'd be 650,000 people to choose from, yeah. millions of people to choose from, from the 800 late night shows that already exist on every format, but also on YouTube, everywhere, on the internet. 
back then, there's no such thing as the internet. There's nothing. And they didn't know who should replace Letterman. So they went to Lorne Michaels and they said, you find the guy. And Lorne Michaels went looking for people. And then he said, uh, he said, he actually asked me, Conan, would you produce the show? And I said, wow. yeah. And I said, I don't really want to produce the show because I'm trying to get my, that other side of my career going. Uh, and so I didn't want to do that. So I said, no, I go away. And then Lauren calls me back like a month later or five, whatever. And he says, hey, we're auditioning people. I haven't found the right person yet. Would you audition? Because he had seen me acting like a jackass all the time around the office. And so I auditioned and I had the best audition. I was funnier in that audition than I was on the show for the first two years. I just had a great audition and it felt right. Then NBC really still didn't want to do it because no one- When you say great audition though, just give me, give me a little detail in that. Like what, what was the audition? I wrote a monologue. They had me go to the Tonight Show set in Burbank. Okay. After the audience was gone, they brought in another audience. Uh, I did a monologue and then they surprised me with two guests. Uh, one of them was Jason Alexander from Seinfeld okay. and the other was Mimi Rogers. And I felt very at home behind the desk. I don't know why. I was dressed terribly. I had a blazer that I kept in the back of my, that's right, Ford Taurus. I drove a Ford Taurus. By the way, Kevin, I mean, I see that. I know you do. Yeah, I'm not that. Like when you say that, Conan, I don't want you to think that there's a moment uh, where I'm like, "Oh my God, what?" Like, it, and this is respectfully because we're friends, and I can tell you stuff. Yeah, I don't expect you to drive anything else besides that, right? Like, if it's not that, it's like uh, I don't know. Maybe a Kia. Yeah. Right. I tried yeah. to, I tried to get a Kia. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted a, a girlfriend and I thought if I'm driving a Kia, Kia, yeah. That thing's that thing's a yeah, magnet. Kinda... That's a magnet. You know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up to the Kia and there's just gonna be women in the driver's seat saying, you know, let's go. Uh but but yeah, so I, I went and I I just was I felt very much at home. Then NBC still didn't want to do it. And I think they wanted to hire Gary Shandling. And I think at the last minute, Gary Shandling said no. And then they just said, screw it. We've run out of time. <laughs> so they said, oh my God. yeah. And so they said, that's going to be this guy, Conan O'Brien. And uh, are you serious? Are you fucking around? I am serious. This is exactly what happened. And it was uh, insane because newspapers couldn't find a photo of me. There was no database. There was no, there was nothing, you know, they couldn't find pictures of me. So they were calling up people, like they called up Kevin Nealon uh, and asked him, what does he look like? Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I had, they picked me in late April. I don't get to start working on the show until late May. And the show has to premiere September 13th. That's no time to put a show together. We didn't have a set, I didn't have writers, so I scrambled. Fortunately, I knew a lot of really funny people and we just, uh, I don't think I slept for a couple of years. I think those first couple of years were incredibly intense. Uh, 
I got the shit kicked out of me by the critics and rightfully so, because we just were figuring it out. It all looked weird to people. But then slowly, I think, um, there are all these young comedians I talk to now. Uh, you know, I talk to like a Bill Hader or a John Melania, these people, and they say, yeah, you were the show we watched because that was our sensibility. They were kids, but they were looking for the new thing. And okay. what I was hearing from the executives at NBC is this is shit. You're, this is weird. Really? Well, yeah, they, they really didn't like it. And they kept trying to find a replacement for me. Uh, they kept saying, we're going to fire you soon. And um, it, I mean, look back on it now. I don't know how I survived it all. But uh, I mean, you you it's crazy, though, that you that you went through the, you know, if you're, if you're talking about you're talking about like right now, if I mean, what the fuck? Like, it's it's crazy to me that you would even be on the side of negative reception or conversation when you're a guy that was given a chance and that chance came like it came like at a at, a, at such a a fucking like uh it, it's it was thrown at you it was like getting hit by a meteor i've said that to people people have said well kona give me advice on you know how you got your late night show and what should i do and i said that's like telling a guy that's like going up to a guy who was walking in a field and a meteor hit them and they somehow survived and asking them how do i do that you can't. You just. I. I did a lot of stuff beforehand to get a name in comedy, uh, as, and and to get a lot of, but I did not have the on-air experience. Uh, I really didn't have. It was. It was crazy. Lauren Michael suggesting me was crazy. I probably had a much better audition than I was entitled to have, just because I was so loose. I thought I'm never getting this. So I might as well have fun. I had a blast in the audition. And then they called my bluff and said, tag, you're it. And I was scared. I mean, I was rightfully scared. I thought uh, this, and I think the Vegas odds were this guy's just going to be a national joke. And uh, that was how it how played out started. for a while. Yeah. So how the hell, why were they so patient with you? How the fuck are they so patient with you? You know, like you're saying they weren't that patient. <laughs> well, telling you, they kind of were. First though, of all, they it? had, they had. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. They had other problems at the time. Okay. This was before they had other issues they were dealing with, and uh, I think for the first six months they figured, well, this will straighten out. Then they still weren't happy with it six months later. And then they had a meeting where they actually decided, all right, let's just cancel it. I've heard this much later on from an executive who, uh, who told me everything that was going on. His name was Rick Ludwin. And he said that, uh, yeah, you were, you were canceled. He said, we actually had a meeting where you were canceled and everyone said, good, that he's done. Let's, let's call, let's get the new person. And there was another host of a <laughs> they just start, one thirty. They just start. I'm not kidding. Giving, they start giving they, you the whole the whole guy. No, no, the honest they, truth. they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they canceled me, and uh, they had another host at, at like who was on at one thirty that they were going to. But he was still pretty new, and so they said, okay. They someone at the end of the meeting when most people left said, I think it was Rick Ludwin said, you know, I don't think that other guy is ready just yet. And so the guy running the meeting, Don Olmeyer, said, all right, all right, just keep Conan for a few more months until the other guy's ready. And in that few-month period, 
things improved. Now, in that though, like when you say when you say things improved, like you know, fuck, the, you didn't know though. You didn't know that you got this pressure on you that they're like, okay, we got to. Oh, I knew. No, no, no. I knew. I knew. Oh I was on. I was on an unprecedented. Um, you know, when someone gets signed up for a show, it's usually a year contract, and then if the show doesn't work out, they pay them out after. You know, if the show gets canceled, they pay them out whatever's left over. But that's a standard sort of uh, deal, a six month or a year. So I was on a year contract. And then after that year was up, they said, we want to switch you to a contract that renews week to week. Oh <laughs> Yo, like, this is what I I'm want. not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So we said we can't do that because we hire writers and they're on 13 week contracts. So you can't you got we can't hire writers if you just put me week to week and so they said oh, okay 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 13 weeks so i was on 13 week contracts and every 13 weeks they'd tell me okay you get 13 more weeks and so um it was a terrible i'd never want to live through anything like that again it was bad but it was also man if they put you because I know you, Kevin, if someone puts you in a burning building, you would get out of that building. I'm you getting would, the fuck out. You're getting out. And if they lock all the doors, you're getting out. And if they lock all the doors and lock all the windows and seal up the chimney, you're getting out. You're going to make a hole the exact size and shape of Kevin Hart in that wall and get out of the fucking building. That's me. If, thing, if you really back me into a corner, uh, I... I think I found a second and third gear and that was, I'm that's what happened. getting the fuck out. Yeah. I'm getting out. Yeah. Point blank. Yeah. And I'm and getting out. I'm going to make this work. I'm going, this is going to work because I don't have another option. This is not, I'm not going to become, you know, a guy that mistakenly was given a show and fucked it up. That's just not going to happen. So. Well, what I love right now, I mean, listen, you're, you're what, what people really truly don't understand is is not just the road, you know, the road that we go down, but how truly fucked up the cobblestone is on that road before success, right? Yes. And there's a lot of there's a lot of unfortunate blood, sweat, and tears. And you know, we're talking about the accidental opportunity that wasn't supposed to be the opportunity. Right. I mean, last time I checked, uh, the Simpsons, holy fuck, the Simpsons is an amazing goddamn thing. It's it's one of the biggest right. and best shows to ever touch television. You got a job on The Simpsons. Right. Okay, it's go time. Right. Now you get asked to produce some shit. Well, no, not really. It's not really what I'm trying to do. But, you know, I'm trying to do this stuff. And then during that, they throw some curveballs at you and you end up auditioning the host. And off the cuff, you're great with these guests. Oh, my God. I'm now in development for the Conan O'Brien show, which just so happens to be shit in the beginning yep. because there's no flow to it. Right. But because of that, you go, all right, well, y'all not going to fuck with me this much. You're not going to do this to me. Y'all not going to push me down like I'm not the Michael Jordan in the writing, by the way. That's what you said. And the fucked up thing, we're joking. But, Colin, I know you're not playing because I know that you know how funny you fucking are. I meant Michael B. Jordan. Now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thought I meant the basketball. Oh, yes. no. Okay. Oh, no. All That's right. crazy. Okay. Okay, because I was going to go with you. I was going to ride it out. Yeah, I was going to stay on it. I was just going to ride it out. But now, okay. All right, we're on the same page. But you know, but, but, but this is a thing that's, uh, you know, one of the things, first of all, nobody does it alone. So one of the smart things I did was um, 
I was not good, but there were a lot of things about the show that was good, even that first week and early on. I hired this uh, Robert Smigel, this guy, to be my uh, head writer, and he was brilliant. And he and I hired a bunch of really great writers. And then uh, we found Andy Richter, who's a really funny guy. And so I knew I had the right team, and there was a lot of funny stuff happening on the show. I just looked like a 14-year-old girl, uh, you know, who just got out of Catholic school uh, hosting it. So I think the, I was the, there was some, there was enough about the show that could help keep it alive that was around me. And then it was up to me to grow in that role. So. Wow. Wow. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's such a game changer. I love information and nobody knew. Right. Uh, was even available. I love I love the stories that are just attached to shit like this. Um, here's a here's a bigger question for you. Right. Let's now get to the place of like, oh, my God, you got it. You got a groove. They have no choice but to back you, support you. Yep. You've created this lane that that you're now in. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, it's a competition, but it's not a competition. But yet it is. Yep. Um, they start to, of course, the Leno's and the Letterman's of the world yep. are still there. Uh, and then there's the inclusion of others, the Fallons, the Kimmels. Right. You know, it's, it's right. so many of you guys. Right. Um, at any point, was there pressure? Did you ever feel pressure, Conan? Like, oh, yeah. You know, I feel pressure every day. I felt pressure every day to, um, you know, in you always look at your time slot, but in our time slot, uh, you know, for a long time, for years and years and years, we were the top show. But then you're just thinking, uh, this is going to change any second. You know, uh, this will this can change overnight, and then I'm in trouble. Uh, so you'd get the ratings every Tuesday, and I would walk to work and just have acid in my stomach wow. until I got that number and knew, okay, we're all right for today. Uh, wow. and, and that was for years. I mean, I did the late night show for 16 years and then I did, uh, uh, 12 years after that, I did a full 28 years of this and you always feel the pressure of, I've got another show. I've, this show today was great, but I've got a show tomorrow. How's that going to be? And, uh, that's, that's intense. That gets to be intense. I had a conversation with Letterman, mm -hmm. um, on here, which was such a, it was such a good talk, man. Like he, you know, he opened up about so much about his past, about yeah. anger issues, just about the person that he was that he's not proud of, et cetera. But he mentioned that, that thing, that going to work and the numbers and nothing matters, but the numbers, what are the numbers, the ratings, the ratings, the ratings, fuck. Um, the pressure that comes with that, the pressure that you're putting on staff, on other people. Um, I think the thing that would have acted as a balance for me, if I ever, you know, had, had have been on uh, a, a show mm -hmm. as such, right? Where I'm acting as the host, yep. you're, you're making careers, Conan. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm loyal to you and I love you to death because you help make my career without the, without the approval of, yeah, let's have them on. Well, I don't have a place to go on and really showed his other personable side. Right. So, you know, I think that there's a, I don't want to say oblivious because I don't think you're oblivious to it, but I don't think, I don't think that 
you guys, am I saying you guys, the host, the, right, the right. people that are responsible for late night, that were responsible for the, the, the old school side of marketing promotion that were attached to projects, TV shows, whatever the fuck it was, literature, right. anything. You needed these people. Um, I don't think that you give yourself enough, enough like oomph of being responsible for the progression of Hollywood over the course of how many years did you do? Uh, 28. Yeah. 28 fucking years. Yeah. Uh, 28 years. You've developed star like relationship with all of the stars in Hollywood. But you know, what's interesting. I'll, and this is, this is honest. I, that's nice of you to say, I have to say, uh, I, I would love it. I mean, I would take joy in, when you were booked, uh, when Dave Chappelle was booked in the early days and he would come on and this is before he had his own show, he would make me laugh so hard and he would delight mm -hmm. me so much. Norm MacDonald, uh, you know, w when Chris would come on, uh, I would take such joy in it that it, uh, you don't feel like you're doing anybody a favor. If it's, mm -hmm. you know, you were gonna be Kevin Hart if I existed or not. And, and, and Dave Chappelle was gonna, find, was gonna find his way. I don't think any of you guys needed me. I was lucky to get you. That's honestly how I feel about it. I feel like, mm -hmm. because you, from the moment I met you, you have such a good, you love to play, and my favorite people love to play. Meaning mm -hmm. we don't go off, you're not spending a lot of time thinking about what you're gonna talk about. I'm not spending a lot of time thinking about what I'm gonna talk about. The best stuff you and I've ever done together, we made it up. It's because you have a musical ear for comedy and it's just fun to play, you know? Mm -hmm. You just love to be in the moment and find things. And you are, I've told you this, you relentlessly, relentlessly work hard you're always thinking about what's the next thing what would be funny in this moment you'd never take it easy and i just i look back on all the people that came on my show over those 28 years and sometimes they will come up to me and say well thank you you really helped me and i think i loved every second of it i wasn't mm -hmm. i didn't feel like i was doing anyone a favor i was i was it's selfish i uh, who's gonna say hey i really I really did a solid. What did you do? Well, Kevin Hart came on and I talked to him for two segments and he destroyed. And so I'd like my thanks now. <laughs> it's just, it's, well, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think it's the thanks. I just think it's the, it's just the understanding of you being a diving board. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that water, that water that exists after you jump off that diving board, well, it's a different type of water. Yeah. And you need those diving boards. So, you know, the people that were able to last at the time, I mean, 28 goddamn years, it's a long time, man. Right. It's a long yeah. time. And, and you know, even even within that, I mean, just just the the history, the the legendary moments that we were able to create, that ride-along sketch with you, myself, and Ice Cube until this day is by far my biggest viral hit. Oh, yeah. It's ins the number it's, of people who've watched that thing there's two of them. And the number of people that watch them, if you if you added up all of them, it's like half the way, <laughs> some crazy number. It's, like, and and everywhere stupid. I go, Kevin, everywhere I go in the world, because I travel, I've done a lot of travel shows and I want to keep doing them once we can with COVID. I want to get out there and get out in the world. 
and and go to different countries. But I go, uh, I go to Africa. Uh, I've been to Africa. I've been to, I, you know, you can go to. I've been to Germany, and people bring up that sketch. And the cool thing about it, it's not about something that was happening in the news that day. It's just a funny situation. And 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 the three of us don't really belong together. You know what I mean? It's I'm clearly the odd man out, and you guys are so funny, giving me shit, and that is a thing that people. Whenever I talk to people, they say, "Oh yeah, I just watched that last night." I think last night. I think it's, we did that it's... eight years ago, and people <laughs> yeah. say, "Oh my god, I watched it last night," and then my friends and I, you know, went down a rabbit hole and watched the other one, and then we watched this thing that you did with Kevin and that thing you do, you know. So, and then this interview and that interview, it's all online. They can all go and watch it, and people feel like we made it last night. That makes me happy. <laughs> John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. What now, right? Like, I know I know that you stepped away. You had your departure. Um, such a cool thing you did, too, man, the way you did it. Um, and, but now, you know, like you just said, like you, you love to travel. There's things that you're thinking about right. doing. What's new? What, what, do you, what do you see at this point for you, your career, your you life? You know what I don't? I, I think for me... Uh, as you know, I've got a podcast and I get to talk to people on that and I've talked to you on that. And, a lot, and that's a great outlet because for years I got to talk to people for seven, eight minutes and then get, you know, plug the plug what they're doing and get out. And so now I get to talk to uh, all my favorite people and we have a real conversation. I mean, this is, this is a, this is the best conversation. I think you and I have had the most, the uh, most yeah. real because usually we're busy setting up the next shot. We're getting to the next thing. This is great. This is something where people yes. can really hear you and I figure it out. This medium didn't, yes. you know, this, it's, it's great that we have this. I love doing that, but I also love getting out into the world. Uh, you know, my favorite moments are when I can shoot a remote where I go into a schoolroom in Haiti and all the little kids in Haiti don't even know who I am but I can make them laugh, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I can go into areas where you'd think, well, what's Conan going there for? And I can make, I try to make people laugh and they make me laugh. I love that feeling of, there's a lot of, you can't solve the world's problems, but you can make, you can really connect with people in a nice way. Mm -hmm. If you get out there and you just ask people questions and you start acting like an ass, you can make someone who doesn't even speak the language chuckle. That makes me, and what I like is they laugh at me. So that, that kind of mm -hmm. makes me happy. They think this man's, what's wrong with him? I think uh, I was in Ghana and I was talking to somebody and at one point he reached over and he just touched my skin and he said, uh, are you okay? Like, you know, meaning are you ill? <laughs> I said, 
because I'm so white and I have freckles. And I thought, I love that I've put myself in a situation where I'm the odd man out. I love those situations. And he actually thought I had a disease. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is called really white skin with freckles. And he made a face like, oh, good luck with that. Uh, it's, I'm sorry for you. So uh, I'd like, I don't know, I'd like to make more stuff like that. But I, I think I'm, what I'm done with is the every night. I can't, the every night, mm -hmm. and, hey, everybody, welcome to the show, and our first guest, and our mm -hmm. second guest, and our third guest. And besides, I don't even think it's, there's so many of those shows now that I don't think I need, I, I think we got plenty of those, you know? Well, but you, you've, you've done that to the highest level, and you've earned every stripe that you could possibly have. And what you're talking about now is, is, a, is a higher, there's a bigger purpose, right. right? A bigger reason behind I hope so. I hope you so, yeah. And, your existence but but i like that you're even i like that in this discussion it's even talking about finding that thing it's even talking about hey there's fulfillment in me making change and going to other places and having this kind of impact that's a discovery yep. that's self-discovery that's that's self-growth and you know as, as people we can only hope to get to that place to get to that point it doesn't just happen it doesn't just happen you can only yep. hope for it to happen I think that's special, man. I think it's also very human to want to be useful. Like, I keep thinking, this is the thing that goes through my head. Um, not how can I make, you know, I'd like, I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I've got a nice life. So there's, I don't need anything, but I would like to be of use. I would like to, I would like to be doing something that I think that people look at it and go, oh, I'm glad he did this. This is helpful in some way. And so I don't wanna just make something to make it or for my ego or because I want a new billboard you know, on Sunset that says, check out Conan's new show. I'd like to make something that someone might need. Uh, so I'm just figuring out what that is. Yeah, Conan, marriage is the happiest place on earth. And I don't know if you, <laughs> it's, the, it's the happiest place on earth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know if you know that, but this is that was an example of how happy it is. Um, this is a good question uh, for you, right? Uh huh. And then I have more questions for you about the marriage, uh, well, what just well, went down. Yeah, maybe you don't. I just witnessed some stuff that uh, well, I need to really get into. Maybe you don't need to get into it. It's, it's a dark place. Listen, here, here's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> uh, you said something that stuck out, man. You said, you know, I can't do the everyday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're married, man uh family guy right um yep. did the everyday ever take a toll on household on family oh yeah yeah oh yeah definitely uh it everything my wife talks about it and she's amazing and she was very patient but she talks about how every decision in the household revolved around my schedule meaning um you know when we couldn't just take a vacation unless I had a network approved break that was slotted in. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and, and for years, those didn't come along very often. So uh, work always came first. And I look back on it now and I think, I don't, I, I, thank God she stuck with me because uh, now I'm on this other side of things. And, you know, if she wasn't, if I didn't have her, I'd be screwed uh, because she's the best. She's the perfect, uh, I found the perfect person for me and I'm very lucky that way, but I, I'm stunned that for so many years, 
she, it was just a given that the show, it, we just called it the show. And that was what I thought about first thing in the morning. It's what I thought about when I went to sleep at night. Um, and it decided everything. It's it decided when, it's what's the, that? It's the gift and a curse. Yeah, it's, the, it's, gift the, and it's curse. the flip. You know, I used to say the greatest thing, the hardest thing about doing a late night show is it's every day. And the best thing about doing a late night show is that it's every day because you always got a quick reset. So, you know, we'd have a rough show. I'd be depressed. Then you come on the next night and we've got some good comedy and a hot crowd and it just, everything hits. And it's like being a gambling addict. I, okay, now I want that again. Let's go back tomorrow and try and get that again. Uh, let's get that feeling again. So you're never, you're, you know, you always want to get back there and get another chance at the plate. And uh, I'm going to tell you what's crazy. You know, what? exactly what you're saying is like, you know, it's, it, it, it resonates with me, um, you know, because I'm, you start to realize that right like the and i've talked about it a little here before i've said it i've had conversations with other guests and it's like you know you try your best to just prioritize and you know put your family in right. first and make sure that you're making the time but the compromise of business to that or work to that is always lopsided until you get to the point where the light bulb really goes off yep. i'm talking to you now i can see like the light bulb it's went off and when it when it goes yeah. off it's like okay and it's not about how you get there it's just about when you get there and this thing that we're in this machine that we're in when you're in it you don't realize how many miles per hour you're going like this fucking engine true. is souped true, up yeah. it's a supercharger with a whipple with a goddamn i mean they done did so much modification to this shit that when you're in it you look up and you blink and you go 28 years i blinked and i go i'm 42 i'll be right. 43 this year and you go what the fuck how many movies how many tv how many tours yep. you look up and the kids are around and you you really do start to have those you know those moments those 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 reflective moments of wow this is what I, you know, I lived for. This is what was the focus. And, and now, oh, shit, I got to rewrite that. I got to, we got to, oh, my God, am I, I'm right there with you. I'm in the same space. Well, here's the thing. Here's the question. The question I'd ask you is, what is it you could get now in a career that you haven't already had? I mean, you've it's you know you're a good example of someone who has pretty much i can't think of a medium where you haven't had a crazy impact and then you wonder this the trick at a certain point is how do you keep the fuel going yes you want to take care of your family you want to make sure you're present you want to make sure you're there for the people that you love the most but if you want to keep working and figuring out your craft you have to figure out what is it i want that i already haven't had what's going to excite me because i haven't had it you know if someone calls you up right now and says there's a movie 
I don't know, how, how many movies have you done? Have you done 35 movies? Have you done 40 movies? You know? You know, I think there isn't another level of success that you're going to reach. Um, I'm really good at finding more fun. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, That's good. I'm really good That's at good. finding more fun. Oh, I switched it up. I, I punched the fucking world in the stomach with some drama. I found some more fun. I'm going to go back to comedy, do some stuff, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to hit you with another version of drama and find some more fucking fun in the discovery of what else I can put on display in the world of presentation for my craft, right? Stand-up comedy. <gasps> I just developed a new set. I'm finding more fun. I think I'm addicted to that. I'm addicted to that and no matter how much i talk about it and i realize and me and my wife have these conversations babe i gotta we like we we put a, a, a age on the tap out like i i committed to my wife like an age i'm not i've said it a couple times but i'm trying not to keep saying it because it's i don't want to keep committed to it because then i'm gonna be a fucking hypocrite if i go over it and i'm gonna have some shit with my wife that's gonna be good but i'm like i'm already thinking like okay here is where it's gonna stop because i right i don't see myself ever I can't get up in the morning and just be cool with going downstairs and uh, I had some juice and then I went outside and cut the grass and I came back in and you know I sat down again on the couch and that period where your kids are gone and you're just there and then your kids get back you eat dinner and stuff like that and they're there I I got to work on being okay yeah. with with that well i don't know that you can ever can i don't think, I I don't can. think you can you can you can take it down you can lower it's not turning it off it's just lowering some of the knobs and adjusting them i don't think your wife would be happy if you were around mowing the lawn and then drinking juice <laughs> indoors she's not gonna like that that's a lot of juice juice is high in sugar you're gonna get very fat very quickly <laughs> The grass, and you know it. You you you've got that fake grass. It doesn't have to. You don't have to cut it. You've got that. You've got that plastic shit grass. You know what you've got. It was put in. That's not real. So you don't. But you just got to adjust the knobs. I, that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is I like to work. Mm -hmm. I need to work, and it needs to be part of my life. And I don't want there to be a time in my life when I'm not working. The question is, what is the nature of that work? Uh, but. I don't know. I'd be very shocked if you hit an age when you decide, well, I'm yeah. done. You're not going to see me anymore. And I'm going to be inside yeah. drinking juice. I don't, I don't think I see that uh, ahead for you. And I also don't think it's necessary. I don't think, and I don't think it's yeah. what people want people, you know, you can have, you can surprise yourself. You could do, you know, you could make, uh, you could slow down, but then you could make a movie or come up with an idea when you're 65 and it yeah. blows everybody away and it gives you a lot of satisfaction and it gives everybody a lot of joy. So why, you know, there's well, no stopping. There, there's no stopping. There, there may or may not be. I love the fact that we can say TBD um, in that round, but it wasn't on purpose, but it, it made perfect sense. Uh, Conan, you know, you said it, we, we, we haven't talked like this, but this is why you're my guy. I can I can ping pong with you anywhere, right? Like if 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 we want to go 
serious and 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 really discuss life uh craft yeah. we want to talk and be funny and riff and improv it doesn't matter it doesn't matter man and these are these are relationships that i just don't take for granted um you're That's you're nice. somebody that i truly do value i appreciate and i'm and i'm very lucky and fortunate to be able to call and you know I hope the same thing uh, is is your side. Oh, I'm tell I'm telling you, like I've I've I tell everybody, and it's true, and I'll say it here, that no one has a better intuitive sense of where the comedy is than Kevin Hart. And we'll we shot a thing once. I think it was uh, your idea. It ended up with us sumo wrestling, but we shot a thing where we just went into a, a diner. And uh, you started ordering really healthy. So I just started ordering the, the shittiest stuff on the menu because what we do whenever we're together is if you go yes. low, I go high. If I go yes. low, you go high. And so then you are so funny at being disappointed <laughs> in me. And you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't do that. That's stupid. Don't do that. And then if I... But then you'll flip and you'll start to do something and then I'll be like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, it's it's people that just it's it just yes. feels like music. I mean, it just feels like playing music with someone who's exactly on the same uh, wavelength. And I I'll say it again. It I'm always saying this to people. I shouldn't have they shouldn't have given me a check today. Like if I have a day with you, I just say to everybody that was not work. I should not get a check. That was just too much fun, you know? And I think that's the trick of this life that we managed to find is we can laugh our asses off and have a blast with people we really love and respect. And then someone says, great job, here's your check. You go, what the fuck? How did that, how did that fucking happen? How did that happen? That's crazy. It's a blessing. Absolutely, it's a great blessing. I, I appreciate you more than you know. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. It's comedy gold mines. And we get inside the minds of amazing comedians. And oh boy, what a fucking amazing mind this one was. Conan, I love you to death, man. Always here for you whenever you need me. Uh, I can't wait to see what you're putting together. You're in the kitchen cooking. Um, tell the people where they can find your podcast at as well. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. And uh, next career step, male model. Okay. Look for me out right. there. All right, that's that's what we're going swinging my ass. We're in those okay. fine clothes. All right, that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna shut it yeah, down. Yeah, ladies, we're gonna shut it ladies down. Ladies are gonna be all so, over this shit. Tell you that much okay. right now. All right, Conan, what we're gonna do is just male model. Uh, male model, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm gonna late middle aged male model. Can I please sign up? Thank you. Comedy gold mines. Uh, we'll see you next time with another mine. It'll be hard to follow this. One. Love you, dude. I love Fucking you too. Love Thanks you, a lot. Uh, and uh, tell your wife I said hi. We'll do. Bye-bye. <laughs> Comedy Goldmines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald.
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? (coughs) Or just a horrible accident? (coughs) That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane (coughs) and come home under the plane, (coughs) you've definitely gone on a Slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.